prosperity gospel today on the weekly kingdom outlook let's go Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you and so glad to be with you. I've been so busy this week that I'm most likely getting this one out just a little bit late than I normally do. So today we're going to talk about, does the Father want you to prosper in the prosperity gospel? And we're going to talk about that because um, a lot of times in apologetics and stuff like that, people just you know call it the prosperity gospel and everyone goes, oh, that's evil. And we're going to talk about that. Before we do that, a couple of things I want to remind you of. You can find me on Locals, the Gate Church, uh, thegatechurch.locals.com. Find me there. I put up videos there. If you become a subscriber, you will actually get to uh, see a, a special videos I do on the priesthood there. So please do that. Join me there. You, of course, this uh, uh, this is on YouTube. It's on Facebook, and it's also on podcasts. So go to your podcast subscriber or whatever app you use, iTunes or whatever, uh, and then go in there and just look for Lewis T.C. and Ministries and look for this mug, and I'll be there as well. Also, you can find me on the Facebook pages, one for The Gate, one for Lewis T.C. and Ministries. Same with uh, the YouTube, one for The Gate, one for um, uh, Lewis T.C. and Ministries. And you will also... Find me on Rumble. Hey, and do me a favor. While you're on these things, we you subscribe and turn on the notifications? It really, really will help the algorithms. This way, whichever platform you like, you will always be notified that uh, there's a new video. Also, you can find us on the app in the App Store, The Gay Church. You can find me there. And uh, we put up sermons there and other things. So you can find all that on there. You can always go to lewisdcn.com if you want to support me. Um, it's very easy to do that. Uh, there's, a, on the, there's a tab to give. That will take you to a PayPal page. And then if you go into the store, there are partner buttons that will give you a plethora of free material once you uh, become a partner. And it's our gift to you. So God bless. Plus there's also a whole bunch of other uh, materials there that you can get. I, I do a lot of uh, video making. I've probably got about four or 500 videos on that. So go and have a feast of time. There's some free stuff on there that you can see. So go ahead and do that. All right, prosperity. This is one of the things that kind of irks me a little bit because uh, as any truth is in the gospel, um, any, any truth gets can be exaggerated, twisted, perverted it is that way just like the love of god is perverted to mean that no matter what you do is okay that's a perversion of the truth of what love is of what it means to love god anything can get perverted because that's just the fallen man's nature to always try to twist things into their being so but let's talk about this and let's turn to second corinthians if you would in your bible if you don't have it there i am going to read it so you'll be okay uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. We're going to go into both of these at one point or another. But by the way, go read chapters 8, 9, 10, and 11. Uh, read, by the way, read all of it. It would really do you some good. But, you know, 8, Paul starts addressing the church at Corinth about the grace for giving. And he says that this grace was on the church uh, <clears throat> uh, in Mesotomia. Uh, I, I'm sorry, in Macedonia, 
but was not necessary on the Corinthian church because they did not operate in the principle of sowing and reaping. And he goes through that and, and he wants them to operate in this grace also. It's what he actually says that, that, um, that you would operate in this grace. That there's a there's a way to tap into the grace of God in your life for sowing and reaping. And, you know, a lot of times, um, let me just say this up front. Um, where I know the prosperity message, and we call it that, the prosperity message, like it's some kind of evil thing. But my problem with that thought pattern is simple. What's the alternative? The poverty message? And if we go... Well, you just need to have enough for you. That's not the kingdom either because it doesn't allow me to give. It doesn't allow me to give. Now, if I have more than I need and I give, the Bible is going to be clear of what that's going to produce in me. It's going to produce the favor of God on me, the prosperity of God on me, the increase of God on me and as far as the financial gain, blessing, promotion, all these things. And I don't know if we, if as a church in a, in a whole, we really understand that, that God loves us and he wants to prosper us. It doesn't mean he wants you to have 400 cars and your own private jet when you have nowhere to go. It means, though, that he will. And that's By the way, that's how vision starts. Some people start out with this vision and they're trying to build their kingdom. But most people are just trying to increase. And as they increase, God begins to be faithful to them, calls them to higher things, more things, and they increase. And that's the, the kingdom way. So let's look at some scripture. 2 Corinthians verse 8, 9 says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he was in heaven, he was absolutely abundantly rich. <laughs> okay? I mean, streets of gold, all that stuff. Rich. Yet for your sakes he became poor. He came down to earth. And it says that you through his poverty might become rich. And, you know, we have a problem with that word, I think, because, you know, we want to we want to make that rich in spiritual things. We want to make that. But why is it confined only to spiritual things? You know, I, I often tell people, you know, you look at Mother Teresa and you might say, well, she wasn't rich. She was wealthier than you know. But her wealth was used to build orphanages and hospitals. But she flew around the world in, in private jets, first class planes. She stayed at King's Palaces. She stayed at the five star hotels. She spoke between, to parliaments, to kings, to senates and congressmen. Uh, you know, she was wealthy. And then at the same time of her death, the same week you had Princess Diana die, who did not honor God. She was actually in a cult. She, she did not honor God. And she had all those things given to her, but maybe not faithfully handed them before God. All right. God wants you to operate in a grace that produces something on your life that looks like him. Now, before we think Jesus was poor, he was poor only when it came relative to the, uh, to the kingdom he left, to the throne he left. Okay, but Jesus was not poor. He was not a beggar of money. He had a robe that they wanted because it was made without seam, which was very costly. You gotta ask yourself where he got that. He had enough, to, he he had he had money in a treasury. Why? How do I know that? Because there was a thief among them named Judas, and he consistently stole from the treasure box, and Jesus knew it, and there was still enough money to go on the end, bankrupt them. He had people giving all the time into his treasury, even 
the servants of Herod's household gave into the treasury of Jesus and his ministry. He had men following him and women following him and he fed them. Yes, he multiplied it twice, but that wasn't always the case. He, when he said, set up the upper room, that had a cost to it. And they were able to go and, and rent that room for the night for the last supper. There was, there was a cost to these things. There was a cost. He was, he wasn't, but you know what he didn't? He didn't have a private plane. Well, probably because they didn't have planes. How do you, I mean, we have to look at prosperity, not, listen, not the prosperity of the world, okay? Where, yeah, people like Bezos and them, they're just trying to compete with other people and make as much money as they can. They don't always treat their employees the best. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about kingdom. There is a kingdom prosperity that most of the um, um, most of those that are against the prosperity message don't understand. There is a a kingdom prosperity. So let's look at it. It says in um, uh, Deuteronomy eight eighteen, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his kingdom or his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Let me explain something to you. I want to explain to you. What was that covenant he swore to their fathers? This is Moses. He says he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you understand that we are the seed of Abraham? And Abraham was told that he would prosper. Isaac too, Jacob too. By the way, they all did. They are our fa our fathers. Abraham is our father in the faith. But you got to understand the covenants, that this covenant is not deficient to the other seven. In fact, it takes all the promises of the seven covenants in the Old Testament and brings them into Christ. That's why all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Okay, and we have to understand that prosperity message. Does that mean, now I'm going to talk about how this works out for you, all right? Uh, Malachi 3.10, and by the way, you could go, I, I would suggest go 10 verses up, 10 verses past this, and listen to what uh, Jesus, uh, what the Word says about this. But bring all the tithes into my stores that I may, there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, I will not. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out to you such blessing. The word blessing is benediction speech, but it means prosperity. It, 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 in other words, if God is speaking over you these words, it's going to break forth into prosperity in your life. Prosperity of soul. Prosperity. Remember soul. I don't have this verse in here. John, uh, Third John 2, that you may be in health and prosper in all things as your soul prospers. When God begins to speak over you, it brings about a prosperous soul. That prosperous soul brings about wealth and increase in your life. If the church continues down the road of the poverty mentality or just enough mentality, by the way, some of these people are against people like Bill Johnson and call them the pros preaching the prosperity. Those guys have $3 million homes. That's why I don't like about it. They act like they're all um, they're all pious and don't have wealth, you know. And and that's why I don't like about it because I think they're hypocritical. Okay, Bill 
Bill, see what people don't know about Bill is Bill had just enough for about 32 years in ministry, something like that. I remember him telling this story and then God spoke to him in 2006, uh, spoke to him while he was laying on his bed. The days of lack are over. The days of prosperity are upon you. And from that moment, he has prospered. And people don't realize Bill was faithful with everything for 32 years that God now rewarded him with prosperity. And sometimes that message gets lost because we can't tell it every time. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap spiritually. He who sows bountifully, he will uh, reap bountifully. What does that mean? Well, it simply means this, that you're going to determine what the multiplication factor is on your offering. In other words, on your offering, your tithes is 10%. From the gross, not the net, it's 10%. Tithe, and boy, I'm going to teach on the tithe how it's of the order of Melchizedek, not the law, and and how we are the priests and how you're supposed to take care of those who uh, serve you, minister you. That's what the tithe is for. It's not for buildings. It's not. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. All right. If everyone tithed in the church, uh, there would be no slack. And by the way, tithe ties your heart. Look, this is what happens. When someone is tithing, they're they're actually sowing their life into the other person who is sowing their spiritual things back. Once you remove the tithe, that, that's a dishonor, and you stop receiving from that person. I'm going to teach on the principles of this on another video set, not on a weekly podcast. But but I, I, I really, if you understand the tithe and how important it is, it would be amazing to you. All right. But... God will multiply what you give. So let's say, let's just take the, the parable of the 30, 60, 100 fold. Even though he's talking about the word multiplying, let's just talk about God wants to multiply a hundred of what you sow. So, uh, or a hundred times. You sow a dollar. That's what he has to multiply. That's a hundred dollars. Now he can multiply, he can bring that hundred dollars back to you over several weeks, maybe even months. And you don't even know that um, God has done that because it wasn't that much. But now you sow $10 and it's 1000 Look, I, I have played this principle out over and over and over and over again where I've watched increase in our lives. You know, we gave it all up. I was making $150,000 a year and gave it up to follow the call of ministry and through and this is what people don't understand. By being faithful, by working, there's work involved in ministry. By working, by serving people, by being diligent, God has increased. I'm not making that kind of money, okay? So, but in our household, we have prospered through that. And it, it comes, the, the, op, the door of opportunity is often open by the heart of giving, that heart of someone who wants to give. And you might be holding back your own increase by being stingy now. But we are abundantly blessed. We are, we are, we are increasing, me and my house, we're increasing. I watch my children increase. I watch my, my oldest son. I watch the favor of God on his life. And it wants to be on yours too. Amen? Amen. Now look at this, a short video, but... You're going to have to argue with me that prosperity is worse than poverty. Yes, 
Let me explain something. There is a time to sacrifice, but sacrifice means you're giving up something now for something in the future. It's not Russian roulette. It's not like if you give your offering, bang, tomorrow you win the lottery. I, sometimes we treat it like if you give now, you instantly get the next day. That's not it. You want a lifestyle of generosity so that you step into the realm of God's favor of lifestyle of generosity back. But you can, just like if you're disobedient in anything, you can't receive from it. And so that's the importance of giving. Of course, the Father wants us to prosper. However, he does not want us to do it through compromise of our character, of our nature. And sometimes you're going to be put in that situation. Do I compromise? By the way, there's many pastors who are compromising because they don't, they're, they're being, their fear of man or the man-pleasing spirit. So they'll compromise because they want to keep their position, which is not right. A lot of Christians will compromise on the, on the job because their boss will ask them to do something that they know is wrong, but will ask them to do it. You understand? I, I, when I was a heathen, I had to do that stuff for a couple of bosses. Hey, don't record all the, the money that comes in. I need cash to pay. By the way, I had a couple of illegals. I need some cash to pay them. They're day workers. I need cash to pay them. I was asked by my boss to do it. It's not right. Okay? And I want you to know God wants you to prosper. And that, that should be the greatest message we know. He wants you to be in health. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to increase. He wants you to move in signs, wonders, miracles, healing. He wants all of it for you because God is an all-in God and he wants it all in you. I hope you love this message. If you like, share it uh, on any of the platforms with your friends. Put it on your social media. Uh, don't forget to listen to it on podcast. Follow us there. Follow us on all the platforms. I love you. And until next week, you be blessed. Bye-bye.